Welcome to the Development Podcast, a podcast jam-packed with fantastic advice on professional development from interviews with renowned authors, speakers, industry professionals, and influencers. I'm your host, Marty Manosalvas. Thanks again for tuning in. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining in. Uh, Today, I'm beyond thrilled to have Ram Castillo on my podcast to discuss the importance of mentorship. Uh, Ram is award-winning designer, director, uh, two-time author, speaker, creative live instructor, decision-making coach, and approved advisor based in Sydney, uh, specializing in digital spaces, human-centered design, branding, and creativity strategy. For over 16 years, he's been working for global agencies, including Audi, McDonald's, and even Google. Additionally, Ram has been featured in a variety of leading networks and magazines and has been a part of over 65 speaking engagements and workshops worldwide and is the host of Giant Thinkers Podcast, which recently has hit number three on iTunes in over five countries and currently has 250,000 active listeners. His focus currently is on helping decision makers, business owners, leaders, and organizations get unstuck lightning fast through coaching, consulting, uh, and advisory. Ram, it's a pleasure to have you on my podcast. Thank you again so much for joining. Uh, How are you doing? Thanks, Martin. I'm really, really good. Thank you, mate. Um, I'm here in Sydney, Australia. So um, yeah, it's a pleasure to connect. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. So can you start us off with sharing a bit about your career journey and and your experience applying uh, mentorship and how that's played a role in your life? For sure. So um, my background is um, is a Filipino culture. So we migrated to Australia when I was only a one-year-old baby. And um, for, for me, the journey starts there because my parents, um, they really didn't have the opportunities that I have now. So um, I was raised um, with my dad and, and the stories on his side was that he, he was one of 11 um, siblings. His father passed away when he was three. And he, you know, would share stories when I was growing up that, that their family would only have a tablespoon of peanut butter and a piece of bread to share for the day. Um, he ended up re- working really hard uh, through the vehicle of education. It really allowed him to, um, to, to have the opportunity to, to um, you know, be, you know, in, in a position that um, could help his family, right? So my, myself, but... Um, he finished marine transportation, mechanical engineering, um, two bachelor's degrees. We got to Australia and they were not recognised. And, um, you know, this will tie into what I'm sharing because um, he ended up working at a factory when um, uh, trying to make ends meet for myself and my brother and my sister. Um, my mum was one of five and she had a father that wasn't really around. He was in the military. He was uh, pretty abusive. He was... Um, bit of a womanizer and my mum on my mum's side had to just basically raise five kids on her own. She had a little corner store, she had um, a sewing machine, so she would dress make to make ends meet on that end. So why is this important? Well, you know, firstly, um, I was in a position where the way that I looked at the world was, was one of two things um, that I could make an impact and position myself in a way that 
allowed me to help my family and beyond. Um, and secondly, that I was just, the environment allowed me to exercise creativity and curiosity in ways that my parents couldn't because it was all about survival for them. So I pursued um, design because actually I remember my mum was cooking spaghetti one time. I was four years old. I remember so clear she, she was cooking and I was in our little apartment. I would collect empty tissue boxes and toilet paper rolls, cardboard stuff, and then I would connect things and glue stuff and cut things out. And I would, I would be making robots and, you know, cities. And I remember she stopped cooking. She put her hand on my shoulder. She said, Ram, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, oh, I don't know, mom, I just want to make stuff. And then she said, well, remember, um, you can be anyone you want and make sure you dream big. Make sure you dream much, much bigger. And so she encouraged me to use my imagination. She, she encouraged me to be creative. She encouraged me to be curious about everything. And so um, now how does that relate to mentorship? And, 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 and so they were my first mentors. My parents were my first mentors because they, they guided me. And, um, you know, just for the context of um, this discussion um, and the definition of mentorship, a mentor is someone who constructively guides uh, act actively participates in supportive dialogue and becomes a role model to, to us, um, you know, or someone who's less experienced, particularly in the area of per personal development, professional development. Um, and mentorship is a two-way street. It's, it's in the reflective, collaborative, back and forth conversations that learning outcomes are achieved. Um, we can assess those learning outcomes. We can measure them as legitimate progress. Uh, now, because of this, it's important for, for us designers or anyone um, at, at any stage to have mentors in order to continually move forward and to grow, to be fulfilled. Um, so, so that's how I define mentorship because um, we know success leaves clues. Um, there are experts out there who have done what we ultimately want to do. Um, so it, it's not even that these people um, are more gifted or talented than us in our particular level of interest or area of interest. It's just that they've played that game before over and over again. They're conditioned. So oftentimes we forget that these people that we praise in public have spent years and years, decades, practicing their craft in, in, in private. So um, navigating our way to our end goals sometimes leaves us feeling lost disappointed, drained, but it doesn't have to be a go it alone type of journey. There, there is a, a way to lessen the wrong turns, um, to cut the guesswork, see the blind spots and succeed faster. So my parents were my first mentors. And my and then when I got to high school, we, we had to find a, um, a place for work experience. That was part of the curriculum. And um, there was an opportunity for me to um, you know, look at graphic design. That was, that's what was available to me at the time. Um, graphic design was existing as the closest thing that I could pursue from a commercialized creative point of view. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up calling all these agencies and I literally called 99 agencies, different, different bloody, you know, companies in Australia, uh, in Sydney. And they all rejected me. They're like, Oh, cause I was 15. And they were like, you're not, you're not in, even in university. We don't really accept interns or anyone to come in for work experience. 
who are in high school. Um, then I went to my careers advisor's office and I said, look, I can't find anyone. Just put me wherever, like unrelated to what I'm even interested in. No one wants me. And then he said, well, let's try one more time. And back then there was, there was just these thick white pages. It's kind of like yellow pages, white pages. And it's a directory. It's a thick book. And then I said, oh, I'm up to the letter W. And he, he sat with me and says, all right, let's, let's start there. Let's, let's, let's go back to where you got off. And then called this, called this company Wingrove Design. And then um, it was a gentleman named Ian Wingrove. He was my first ever mentor because he actually, that call with my careers advisor, he was like, yeah, you sound like a pretty, pretty good kid. Come on over. When do you want to come in? And I was like, oh, next week, I, you know, and he's like, yeah, sure. Anyway, he was my first mentor. Like he, mm. when I arrived there, <laughs> he was working on the 2000 Olympics um, branding. He was working on photo shoots for Vogue and, all of these other brands and I was like so amazed. So when I was 15, I fell in love with, with design, um, visual design and graphic design and all that type of thing. So it was because of Ian Wingrove. And then six, mm -hmm. seven years later, um, he contacted me. He said, hey, did you pursue design? And I was like, yeah, I did actually. And then he was like, well, um, there's an opening for a junior designer. Did you want to come in? If we win, if we win the pitch, then you know, there'll be a room for you in our team. We were up against five other agencies. We won it. And then next thing you know, I worked for him for three years under his wing. And it's crazy, man, how that happened. So he was the springboard mm -hmm. for sure. Wow. And I, I really appreciate you sharing your story on that. And kind of going back to your mom as an example of a mentor, it's, it's awesome to see how, you know, she was able to encourage you and she was able to see potential in you. And that led to you, you know, wanting to, you know, have an impact and helping others and, you know, exercising creativity. So I think that's, that's really an incredible picture of what a mentor does. Um, moving forward, you mentioned that there are experts out there, you know, who have played the game and who know the ins and outs as well, and they can serve as a big help to you. Uh, so to expand on that, in an article from The Entrepreneur, uh, Shiloh Eugenio stated, Experience is a very expensive asset, yet it's critical for business success. There's only so much about a person's experience you can gain from books. It's an unstated truth that most authors do not feel comfortable about revealing everything about themselves in books. Some personal experience may be too intimate to be shared, yet how they dealt with it can help an inexperienced entrepreneur's career. Uh, so to expand on that, how would you respond to people who think they don't need a mentor because they feel they can just learn through books, articles, and podcasts? Well, well, the, the, the problem with just books, and, and it, I love this question actually, um, Martin, because it, it, it's, it's in the two-way dialogue that I mentioned earlier that mentorship really comes in. And that's why it's important to define the definition um, of it. So um mentorship you know people say yeah you were a mentor for me from afar i read all your books that's really good that's really good you know if if, if someone that you haven't actually met you've dived into their books you've dived into their their content you you know you've watched their videos you might have seen some of their courses they might have done a ted talk whatever it is but but that's a that's a one-way street the, the, the real power of mentorship lies in the, the guidance 
the advice, like who is keeping you accountable? Who is who is commenting on or, or you know giving you constructive critique on how you went about things? So that's where mentorship is. It's an actual relationship. It's a two-way street. It's not just one. Because currently, if you're reading a book, it's just one. They don't they don't know how you're applying their material. They they you know you you might actually be 70 80 percent pro progressive on the the things that you've read that they've advised in the book but what if you get stuck in that last 30 20 percent you know whatever it might be what what now you know and that, that's that's the power of a mentor um in my mind you you get to pair and this is where i'll go with it you get you and, and I recommend you have many mentors, by the way, like Martin, I hope people listen to this clearly. They, they, they should go for 20, 30, 40 mentors. Why? Because a mentor is, is rarely a, it, it, it's no longer a lifelong partnership. You know, finding our version of Gandalf, Gandalf or Yoda or Dumbledore, it's far too romanticized. Like, that can actually hinder both the mentee and the mentor. And this can place a lot of pressure on both ends. If the minimum learning outcome is the focus, then mentorship can be as little as one or two informal conversations over a few weeks about a particular subject matter. So it doesn't need to be a long-term and formalized arrangement. And I want that to really sink in with people. So an example of this could look like, someone providing key pointers to be more confident and impactful when presenting to a room of 10 people or even advice on pricing one services. Well, for me, Martin, I, I have a mentor that assists and guides me just with legal stuff because that's not my bag um, or, you know, uh, business structures or, um, you know, advice on accounting and financial matters. So this is what I'm saying. Pair your goals with a specific mentor for a specific thing. It doesn't have to be a, a long drawn out thing, as I mentioned. So I hope, hope that makes mm -hmm. sense. Definitely does. And I love how you phrased it. It's a two way streak. It's not one way. Um, and it, the biggest thing is guidance and advice and that's not something you can just get from books you know you can get parts of that in books but you're right if how how are you going to know if you're messing up or if you're not doing something correctly you need someone to be there to guide you through it so really great point on that um you also mentioned pairing you know your goals with one specific mentor and and I'm, I'm curious what are the most effective ways to look for mentors um, and build relationships with them yeah, it's a good question. So um, I'd start here. You need to go through a personal analysis. Okay. Who are you? What do you want? Why do you want it? What's stopping you from getting it? This is the foundation and starting point of any endeavor, finding a mentor or anything. If we don't know where we are, if we don't know who we are and what we want, we don't know where we're going. So it's just like a soccer player kicking a soccer ball around without goalposts. He or she would be kicking the ball to nowhere. We need to do a personal analysis in order to map out the blueprint 
of where we're going and to reverse engineer the necessary steps to get there. Okay, so that's, that's that personal analysis piece. The next step is to pair your goals with the right mentors. And I spoke a bit about this earlier, but goal setting is critical, number one, but it, it's pretty self-explanatory. So I would go as far as to say that a lack of want is not the problem. Most people have a very long list of goals. They have a very long list of ideas, hopes and dreams, and so they should. But the challenge is bringing them to life. We can accelerate our goals by pairing them with mentors who have demonstrated a credible and above average, at least above average competence level in the particular area of our interest. So the right mentors will also hold characteristics and values that we would like to emulate. They might have values that are an extension of our values and beliefs. And this is what separates mentors from just coaches. You know, you might get coached by a personal trainer, but they might not be a great role model or mentor as well. And, and, and that's fine, but these are the differences. Um, and then I'll move into something more practical. Don't ask for mentorship, ask for advice. Asking for advice is the seed to growing a single interaction into an official mentor, into, into an official mentorship relationship, um, potentially in future. So, so this is also part of the rapport building phase. So it's kind of like dating in many ways. Interact with your prospective mentor by commenting and sharing um, on their online content. You know, I'd start there, focus on making friends, not contacts. The official label of the mentorship relationship is secondary. It's not really that important. It's secondary to the information mentors provide. So don't go out there and go, hey, you know, um, I don't know, Elon Musk is my mentor now. Like, you know, that's, that's irrelevant. Um, if, if the mentorship is made official, that's helpful, but it's not mandatory. Um, so, so those are a couple of thoughts that come to mind, Martin. Mm -hmm. And I love that, you know, making sure that you're taking time to, you know, take a step back and first recognize, you know, who you are, what do you want, where you're going, have that personal analysis on your life. Um, and only then will you actually be able to start seeking out. And so really a great point on, point on that. Uh, so when it comes to mentorship, it's important to be giving honest feedback. What's the best approach to giving and receiving tough critical feedback? Meaning, you know, this feedback will certainly help you improve your performance. However, it may not be the easiest to hear. Yeah. So look, when it comes to feedback, that's a really good point. Um, I'll frame it this way. There are some traits that will help you to stand out um, because the other part of this is you know, are you open-minded and committed to receiving the advice, you know, and, and going back to that sort of coaching mentality as well, you know, are you coachable? Because if, if you're not open and committed to, to change, because let's be honest, you know, it would be a very, uh, how would I frame it? It would it'd be invaluable and a waste of time in many ways. If, 
you know, you, you have a mentor who's willing to mentor you and you're not following through or at least trying new things that, you know, that's why you're engaging with a mentor. They, they are showing you other doors, other options. And so um, receiving feedback means that you, and, and, and the mentor also, um, I would say, has a responsibility to be able to be um, aware and gentle enough to deliver the advice and the, um, the feedback in a way that resonates and that is effective um, for yourself. But like I said, you know, it, it'd be, you, you never see, you never see a mentor, you know, let's say, I don't know, I'm, I'm into tennis, Martin. So like if, if Patrick Muradoglu, who's Serena Williams's coach and um, the coach of um, some, some other great players, if he was to mentor me, he would be a pretty crap mentor if, if we showed up at the tennis court and he was like, you know, all right, we're here now. So, um, yeah, just do whatever. Or, yeah, let's just do what you want. So he's going to probably grill me. He's going to put me through the ring and he's going to, you know, put me through the rounds, right? So it's important that they do that. So um, I'll say the traits that I think stand out um, that will help you stand out if you're listening and you're looking for a mentor. So number one is an attitude of gratitude. Um, that's number one. Number two is a hunger for continuous learning. Number three would be a willingness to take initiative. Number four would be passionate with a plan. Uh, number five would be enthusiastic to improve. And number six would be optimistic towards endless possibilities. Um, so that's it. You've got to be, you, you know, you've got to think about how you can use these currencies because a lot of, it's not just about, you know, receiving feedback and, and doing that, but it's, it's, it's about understanding that you're being guided by someone who's done what you ultimately want to do. And you've got to also understand that they're going to take you to places that you haven't explored within yourself. And it's going to be scary. It's going to be uncomfortable. But that is where the growth happens. So that would be my take. Mm -hmm. It's a really great point. And, and you're right. It's, it, may it may be scary and it certainly will be uncomfortable in a sense as to these are, uh, it's a new approach that you're starting to take. You're, look, you're getting advice from someone who has been through a similar, not similar, the same journey. And so gaining ex advice from them, you know, whatever it may be, it's going to be a tough ride, but it's certainly going to be worth it. So that's such a great point. So when it comes to mentoring others, it's common that many people may be running on an empty tank. You know, they're constantly pouring into other things, their work-related life or family-related commitments. And it can be difficult to be pouring into just one more person. Uh, so can you share advice on avoiding or approaching burnout? Ooh, okay. Uh, I love this topic. So when it comes to burnout, um, I've experienced really bad burnout. Uh, two times I've been hospitalized and rushed to the ER uh, in emergency. One was really bad and 
it's because I was operating from a place of, oh, I can, I can do this. It's, it's fine. I can, I can sustain what I call red line, redlining it and just revving and accelerating at speed because my mind just thought, yeah, you're tough. You can do this. But here's the thing. And there's a book um, titled The Body Keeps Score. And I recently finished reading that. And, you know, the, the message is in the title. The, the, the body is going to tell you when it's had enough. And my body literally was shutting down due to the, uh, the stress of self-inflicted, by the way. And I was just going hard for too long. And um, I started, you know, attaching my identity and my value to work to the point of it became unhealthy and I got rushed to hospital. They did some checkups. They, they actually thought I had meningitis because I had the same symptoms. My body was just shutting down at a rapid rate, but it wasn't that it was, and they couldn't prove this, but I, I knew because they couldn't find actually what was the cause. And then, you know, within three days, um, 72 hours, I, I ended up starting to get better because they tried all these meds and they were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to just try all these things, but like it wasn't doing anything. And then I, then they stopped putting me on medication and then they were like, well, just, just see how you go resting. My infection count was 90. Um, there's a marker that, uh, that, that shows, um, that, you know, what's the range for the infection count that's healthy and it should be under five. Mine was 90. And um, they didn't know what the cause was. They did all these tests, like I said. But that, at that point, I knew, though, that I was just juggling too many things. So burnout, um, burnout first, first for me is a, is a couple of things. There's um, to, to prevent burnout, rather, it's um, listen to your body, number one. Um, there's a beautiful quote by, by an author named Steve Goodyear who said that uh, moving fast is not the same as actually going somewhere. So that's important. You know, a lot of times we're moving. Oh, how are you? How you been? Yeah, I'm busy, busy, good, busy. Well, really? I mean, busy as, as my, my men, one of my mentors, um, who's, who's the, the owner of um, and, and host of Design Matters, the world's longest running design podcast, um, Debbie Millman, she said that busy is a choice. And so we self-inflict busy to... To, and wear it as a badge of honor many times, right? In this culture that we live in. But to that quote of uh, Steve Goodyear, moving fast is not the same as actually going somewhere. You know, that's only hitting me in the last couple of years as I've spent a 16 year career in human centered design and creative strategy, working for top agencies um, like Sachin Saatchi and DDB and all that. But, um, you know, it, it comes down to, um, the, the, the reality is we, we have to understand that we want to, we want to run a, a marathon rather than a sprint because we want to be around. We want to make impact for the long term. And if we are continuing to burn out, you know, it's, it's, it's affecting our um, ability to perform for, for the long term. Um, you know, you might run a, you know, you might have bursts in your twenties, like how I did and then enter your thirties and think that you can still operate that way. But there's also the other thing, which is, you know, what impact are you actually make, making by moving fast? You know, it goes back to also, you know, 
being very strategic about how we use our time. It, it's like there's that story of, you know, the, the example of the, the axe man or the axe woman who, you know, has four hours to cut a tree. And, and then, you know, someone that is a bit more um, strategic and who's considerate would spend three hours sharpening the axe and then one hour cutting down the tree rather than just going hard and hacking away at it. So um, sleep is important, getting sun, getting fresh air, um, eating um, whole foods and, 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 and quality foods, like all of this is so critical. You know, imagine you, you are the vehicle. If we're, not, if we're not maintaining and taking care of our bodies, again, our body is going to keep score. It is going to tell us. So a lot of things I've implemented, um, yoga, thanks to my wife. Um, I've been practicing that for about six years now, um, breathing meditation. Um, for me, it's about outdoors. I'm a very outdoors person. So, so whatever works for you, I think is important, but you've got to step away. You've got to, you've got to, I have a 10 minute a day rule. You can Google that. It's, uh, the AIGA article is, 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 uh, where it lives, um, American Institute of Design, Google 10 minutes a day, Ram Castillo, and, and it gives you an example of how 10 minutes a day has changed my entire design practice and beyond. It's basically going by the minimum. You know, what can you do every day for 10 minutes in the things that you want to learn? Um, so that includes walking around the block, going for a walk. Like if your minimum is two minutes, then drop and give me 20 push-ups, you know, like, honestly, like that's, that's how it is. It's, we've got to think about our minimums because we need to start somewhere. And this is the problem. You know, a lot of us try to shoot for something that's unattainable un or unrealistic that we, we actually don't even start because we've made, made it so high of a, of a, of a barrier to entry. Um, so look, I, I'm, I'm very aware now of my body and, and how, and I can start to feel it coming in. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that it's, I think we all know our body best. So um, if, if you don't, you will know the boundary when your body shuts down. So don't wait right. for that to happen. I, mean, I think you have such a great point in that we constantly think that we can get everything done. You know, we can sacrifice sleep, we can sacrifice the meal, we can sacrifice this and that. We'll be fine. We'll get it done. But no, you're completely right. Your body will tell you when, when enough is enough. So, so I love all the advice that you shared on that. Can I just give one quick framework, uh, Martin, that might sure. help people? Um, uh, just Google Eisenhower Matrix, E-I-S-E-N-Hower, Eisenhower Matrix. It's basically the urgent versus important um, quadrant. So it will, um, it's a framework that I use that helps me prioritize, okay, because a lot of this is also about being smarter with what is critical and what is not we have a to-do list, but we should also have a not to-do list. And with our to-do list, it falls in under this. When you use the Eisenhower matrix, you go to the images and you will see the diagram. It is in four quadrants. You either do, you either delegate, you either do it later, or you either delete. So do, delegate, do it later, or delete. So it's in four quadrants. Anyway, let's move on. Excellent. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And certainly have to check that out. And I can include a link to that as well uh, in my posting. Uh, so as we conclude, are there any final thoughts that you would like to share uh, around mentorship? or uh, And what is the biggest piece of advice that you've received that has been super helpful and is 
served you well ever since. Sure. So I guess I'll end really with this. So, you know, don't be one of those people that think, oh, why would a mentor mentor me? You know, because it's like I said, it's a two way street. So mentoring also provides mentors with, with a few things. And I'll just highlight um, six quick things. They get recognition. Okay. So imagine, you know, you've accomplished everything in your career or, or you've experienced something in your career at a high level and giving back is what satisfies the mentor. Okay. So recognition, they get a number two, they get a dose of um, regular, sorry, there's a plane. <laughs> number two there's a dose of regular youthful energy and enthusiasm right like that's what you have and they want to feed off that um, number three there's a chance for them to be inspired okay they are looking for inspiration from you as well number four there's a connection to the future pioneers of the industry imagine you know you're entering this industry let's say and they are you know up there as as pioneers and you know they they might be looking at the future pioneers by engaging with you uh, number five credibility and reaffirmation of their own progress you know they they also would want that satisfaction of validation of how they how they've um how they're able to make impact for, for you and lastly above all the the satisfaction of helping other human reaching their goals you know there's a saying that the only thing more, more fulfilling than achieving our, our hopes and dreams and goals is helping others achieve theirs. Um, but to conclude, the truth is we're going to get there. We're going to meet those goals. We're going to tick those boxes. The question is how fast? Will it take us two months, two years, maybe even 20? Um, so many of us, um, you know, especially when we're starting out in our industry, um, it certainly happened for me 16 years ago, taking the long route, is what a lot of us do in, in, in professional and personal goals. You know, I did once upon a time, you know, I was overwhelmed, did the wrong things in the wrong order and burnt time and energy reinventing the wheel. But if it wasn't for my mentors, I would have kept guessing, may not have survived the design industry's rapidly changing conditions. So, you know, stop guessing, start getting, you have the opportunity to find your compass multiple compasses right these these people that can help guide you and us on our journey ahead so you know i invite anyone listening cut the guesswork see the blind spots succeed faster with many mentors and hopefully you will in turn mentor others excellent ram thank you so much for your fantastic advice i really appreciate your time and and i really appreciate you coming on to my podcast um Listeners, I highly recommend checking out Ram's podcast, and you can do that on um, wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as visiting giantthinkers.com for more information and helpful tips. Uh, and if you have any questions, uh, please contact us via LinkedIn. But with that, thank you everyone so much for listening, and have a great day. Mm-hmm.